Hello, everyone. Welcome to the season finale of Marketer Pitch, the news and trends podcast from Vantage Black and Brown Perspective. I'm Yesenia Reynoso, one half of the squad. And to the opposite end is my good friend, partner, and marketing guru himself, Corey Davis. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the season finale. And I would say we saved the best for last. And I'm probably jumping the gun because Yesenia, so she's always she's going to say it, but we are finally together in person recording i know it's been a long pandemic but i'm glad we can actually for the season finale bring this to you together as a live podcast it is so appropriate that we both Corey and myself have reunited for our very first live in-person podcast recording of market our pitch our first one and hopefully more coming up in the future and i can't think of a better episode for us to reunite and to talk in person than the season finale and Corey, this has been a very fun and interesting journey uh, for the Marketer Pitch family. Hello, welcome. Uh, it has, you know, just looking back at 12 volumes, now 24 in total, um, plus the animation series, which we will uh, reveal some big news about that momentarily, but it has been such an extraordinary ride. It has, and we've had some very, very great discussions, topics, even some disagreements with our recording. Um, so again, I, like I always recommend, if this is your first episode of Listening In, please try to listen to the previous 11 <laughs> episodes of season two. Uh, we had some really great content. We talked about everything from sports, Super Bowl, the Olympics, of course, racism, because uh, that's everything <laughs> where our, our world is set up. Uh, and then even some great marketing and NPR um, trending topics at the time. So please check it out. Yes, absolutely. You will uh, you will have plenty of time to catch up with this episode, all eleven volumes plus the eleven of uh, the twelve volumes, I should say, of season one, which is available across all major podcasting mediums and our YouTube channel. You can also hear the entire marketer marketer pitch collection, including the intermission series, uh, Thursday mornings on the Helium Radio Network, and of course, um, if you have not done so. I highly suggest, no, it is imperative you hit those subscribe buttons to not miss a single update on the Marketer Pitch uh, universe. We got so many surprises coming up in the pipeline for you. Uh, I cannot even begin to, you know, to tell because it is so incredibly big. So if you haven't done so, hit those subscribe buttons. If you have a question or a comment or anything in general, we want to hear your feedback. Email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com. And... Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Marketer Pitch because, again, we're going to be revealing some major news uh, regarding the intermission series and as well as the next season of Marketer Pitch down the road. So, Corey, before we dive into this all-important jumbo size episode, we have some news to tell our audience. Do you want to reveal that? I'll let you do the honor to the host, so it makes this not to spoil it for you. Oh boy, I absolutely love revealing surprises. It's, it's the storyteller in me. <laughs> well, anyway, we are so thrilled to announce that in late June, the intermission series Market or Fri Pitch Freestyle will be making its grand return this summer for an approximate three to five episode run. 
the intermission series unfiltered unlimited uncensored will be back for year number two and it is going to be a a marketing pr hip-hop style battle so don't miss it if you are if you are interested in li in listening to year one uh, it is available exclusively on spotify and youtube and ironically enough that is where the series is going to live so if you want to catch the entire intermission series year one and year two coming up in june please subscribe to spotify and youtube because that is where the series will be airing exclusively on corey how exciting this is the return of our ultra favorite uh hip-hop style show yes and we actually want to hear topics from you guys so we want to hear want you guys to message us dm us uh email us and if there's any interesting topics you want us to cover or any debates or any or any or even if you want to maybe lend an audio message to give us a topic to, to speak to the recording, please. Because uh, not only do we have some very interesting surprises coming up for the intermission series, we also want to hear uh, from viewers and listeners about what they're interested in and anything they want us to, to, to debate on. And it doesn't have to be. U.S. focus. I know we have some worldwide listeners. From it could be Germany focused or what's going on in your country across Europe and Asia. We're totally uh, game to to debate on it. So definitely, please stay tuned for the actual premiere date. Uh, we will list that the next few weeks, but it will be coming to your inboxes at the end of June. So it'll be a nice Juneteenth surprise. It's gonna be a a summer fill of interesting marketing and PR topics. With that freestyle flares so don't miss it coming this june the intermission series marketer pitch freestyle unfiltered unlimited uncensored year two coming back exclusively on spotify and youtube all right and so with that uh i want to welcome our our listeners from all around the world thank you so much if this is your first time listening to the podcast welcome if this is your second or third or how many times have you heard it? Welcome back. And so we are going to dive right into this jumbo-packed season finale episode. We're going to start it off with our appetizer segment where both Corey and I talk about one specific topic within the PR or marketing industry that has made headwaves. And both he and I are going to offer our respective thoughts. And it is a great little side dish to the major entree segment which we will get to momentarily so corey i will let you do the honors would you please introduce us our topic for our final appetizer segment of season two yes you guys and again uh we developed the appetizer entree and the uh dessert we never have time for dessert uh <laughs> topics because it is a very good way of just organizing um our our topics and you know we're very excited to just give you guys this appetizer today because it's something that i think we're all thinking about i think we all have been have been discussing and that's returning to office so uh as we know we're two years two plus years into this pandemic and majority of companies have started either allowing workers to return in a hybrid capacity i know some have, have actually returned full-time pre like pre-pandemic levels while also a few have have allowed their employees to be 100% remote. But for the most part, we do know majority of employees across multiple industries, finance, advertising, marketing, PR, tech, have issued their employees to come back on a hybrid basis. Apple is one big example where there's a lot of pushback. Was well, because Tim Cook, Tim, uh, Tim Cook, excuse me, 
back in April, who's Apple CEO, if you did, if you did not know that, announced that uh, currently the Apple employees need to go back to the office two days a week, and then by Memorial Day, it needs to go into it needs to go up to three days a week. This caused major pushback. One, it was a terrible communication plan for Apple employees that they should have really gathered feedback and and really rolled this out in a more streamlined way versus just sending out a press release. But two, a lot of employees actually threatened to quit and said that their mental being and their actual work-life balance is more important than returning back to pre-pandemic levels and working in office. So the topic today we want to discuss is what does this really look like for the future? We're seeing, I know Goldman Sachs, um, uh, CEOs very adamant people will be back in the office, and we've seen other CEOs make some similar sentiments. Uh, Elon Musk, who recently just bought Twitter, which I know we probably will discuss a little later, he also has started issuing saying a lot of employees need to start coming back to the office and doing more things. So, just discussing with you, Yesenia, we were talking a little earlier before the podcast is at what level is will employees win out versus employers win out because i don't see employers standing their ground and standing back on employees not coming into the office and will employees either quit or do what they get with the times so it's a very interesting thing that's going on me personally my my office is two days a week uh on average two days a week um and I, actually, and I like that. I'm a big fan of hybrid model, but I also understand that everyone can really do that. And some people work better fully remote. Mm-hmm. So I think it really should be case-by-case basis. But from a communication standpoint, how should employers really be rolling this out? Because you don't want to start impacting your perception and your branding mm-hmm. and not getting great talent because of your short-sighted decision. We are witnessing right now in real time the complete transformation of the corporate office environment. Beforehand, we used to be accustomed to the 40-hour work week, uh, nine to five, five days a week in the office. But ever since the COVID-19 pandemic hit, the entire mantra of how we view office life has changed forever. I think there is no doubt about it. We are witnessing in real time the emergence of a new corporate office model, which is the remote hybrid model. More employees have started to realize that their entire world cannot be surrounded by work. And so many employees feel feel productive if they are working at home. There are also some employees who feel that they are productive in the office and it's true there are some pros and cons as to how employers are going to be rolling out this kind of structure and we still don't know exactly how that structure is going to pan out we're learning about it but what has become abundantly clear is that the nine to five is gone there the old office model is no more i think companies now are going to have to start getting accustomed to the fact that the remote hybrid model is here to stay. So do you, and this coming from an employer's perspective, the fear is we're, we are, we are, the more remote we go, the harder it is to train junior level staff of the tools that we've learned. So how, how can somebody, a PR professional or a marketing professional or executive really, uh, really train or really mentor to junior to junior people on their team if they don't have that in-office interaction. And that is my only fear about situation being 100% remote or working in a remote situation is because 
you know, I worked my first five years in my career. I had examples. I was able to see higher level executives. Mm-hmm. I was able to see yep. uh, interact with different people because I was in the office. And I took opportunities and I raised my hand more because I was in the office. Are, are staff really getting that? Will they? Do you think workload will start being impacted? Not now, maybe four or five years from now when you're going to start seeing a group of people who never... Uh, operate in that capacity it's not um it's it's understandable the employer's fear because perhaps maybe employees feel if i'm going to be working remotely versus you know some members of my team or just about all of my team my my, my fellow co-workers uh are going to be in the office often and i'm not you know what if there are going to be some opportunities uh, that are going to be passing by uh in front of me any professional development uh initiatives that i want to focus on uh mm-hmm. is there going to be some favoritism play towards if maybe senior executives could be leaning more towards uh and a certain individual who is here in the office more frequently uh versus somebody who is uh remotely there is also um there is also the chance that this could affect talent management and or recruitment as mm-hmm. well because um because of the rise of video conf- uh, communications platforms such as zoom microsoft teams google me which has already been established but now because of the pandemic, the pandemic, I should say, it has further um, uh, um, expanded uh, itself. Uh, many, um, many candidates, and including the employers themselves, are going to have to figure out a different type of synergy as to how they are able to do different types of communications. And I think that is, you know, from a communication standpoint, the importance of internal communications is now more relevant than ever because now. For both communications uh, communications team members, they got to work extensively with HR. They got to work with the senior executives. They got to work with IT. They got to work with legal. And they got to work with finance on developing brand new synergy type platforms. New communications mediums to keep employees from across all across the across all the world whether it's domestically or internationally they got to come up with uh with ways as to how to keep their employees fully relevant and productive in today's times whether it's formation of newsletters a much more wider intranet uh in person or or a hybrid combo or remote uh programming whether it's town halls fireside chats um pro uh, workshops and panels uh, you know, that can be broadcast simultaneously both in person mm-hmm. and remotely. Though, and also messaging that is going to, um, you know, that is going to further connect with employees because let's just, again, let's just be honest right now. Employees are looking for something new. They're looking for companies who are willing to put the remote hybrid model first. Employees are not going to sit around and be forced to come in uh, by their employers um, to come to, to work in this old traditional status quo type uh, work model because if not, they're going to leave. Yeah, they, and they and they're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk actually said, which I think is very short sighted. He mm-hmm. said, "Well, Twitter's going to be changing, and if these employees don't like it, they can quit." Yep. As what we just seen the, for March twenty twenty one, or to this year, March twenty twenty two, the great resignation is the continuous thing. Employers are yeah. actually calling their bluff and quitting. They're quitting. Yes. Before you know, three four years ago, uh, an employer said, "Do this or else." employer employee would get in line today they're quitting they're saying i don't need to do this it yeah it is right now a job seekers market the employers no longer have control anymore it's the candidates they now have control and they are going to look for employers who are 100 uh set in adopting the new model 
They're not going to sit around and work for employers who are, again, dead set in maintaining the status quo. Just look at Airbnb, for example. They recently announced a policy where candidates, both new and their current staff, can work remotely from anywhere in the world. Anywhere. And they're going to get paid the way that they should, unlimited PTO, and many other benefits and perks. And did you know that their career page went up, uh, candidates going into the career page, went up, their, their views was 800,000. Wow. 800,000. So that tells you right there that model is the future. Agreed. If employers are not willing Agreed. to make these changes, whether they like it or not, this is the way that it's going. And if you're not going to adjust to today's market or environment, you're going to get left behind. And the best of the best in terms of talent are going to go gone. elsewhere. Agree. Yeah. And so, uh, Corey, do we have uh, anything else uh, before we wrap up this appetizer segment? No. Like, like you said, how we just to end on that note, it's, it's like a wait and see mode. We'll see how a lot of these employees, so Apple and Twitter, the two big ones, um, we'll see how the summer goes and maybe we'll bring this up later as an admission series mm-hmm. as an update but we'll see if employees really start leaving these companies because of their decisions all this is going to be a very interesting story as it continues to unfold and with that that officially wraps up the appetizer segment for our season finale and now we move on to the double jumbo app entree course we could add a little dab of dessert towards the end, but we'll see time-wise. But we got some two very important topics um, in the entree segment that we're going to be discussing. And the entree segment focuses on two major, uh, major headlines that, uh, you know, that has been buzzing across the marketing and PR spectrums. And both Corey and I are going to offer our two cents on it. And boy, Corey, these two topics that we have are so relevant, so timely, and so impactful that still it um you just still can't believe this is actually happening and we're gonna start with the first major jumbo size uh entree segment and then it's gonna center it's gonna focus on roe v wade everybody now knows it everybody has now seen it if you have been living under a rock uh, about a week, uh, about a week, week and a half ago, uh, a draft uh, of a Supreme Court memo uh, memo came out from uh, uh, Justice Samuel Alito that basically uh, stated that uh, the Supreme the cons- the Supreme Court ha- is planning on overturning Roe v. Wade uh, and the Planned Parenthood versus Casey case. Two of them, two landmark uh, cases for women's reproductive rights are about to be stashed, AKA disappeared uh, from under our noses uh, after almost a 50 year um, existence. And Corey, I cannot even begin to tell you as a woman and a person of color how troubling this is. This decision single-handedly has forever altered the, the fundamentals, uh, the, the fundamental structure of our country. This is now truly going to, you know, this is truly going to impact all women across lines doesn't matter where you're from and it's going to impact uh every woman immediately and there's going to be catastrophic consequences but from a marketing and pr uh, standpoint we have seen brands uh really um uh either being defiant in supporting female employees uh stating that they will support uh you know d- um, pro-choice um 
their stances on abortion to others who are tiptoeing trying to be as conservative as possible and of course others who are pro-life or pro-birth in my case but again that's my preference since everybody's viewpoints are different um and how they have basically been waiting 35 plus years for this moment um and so um there was also a report um from uh, you know from ad age where pub where the large um ad, uh, advertising npr firms publicists and wipg uh have decided that they're going to pay their female employees their out of travel costs uh, in case if they want to go obtain an abortion or to pay for any kind of reproductive uh uh, cost, uh, but Corey, I want to bring the uh, bring you in into the loop because this is again this is a, a story. It may be politics or societal based, but it has officially uh, uh, it has officially moved on to marketing and PR circles. And again, this has tremendous ramifications from an advertising standpoint as to how do we uh, talk about women's reproductive rights, the messaging, how does it go moving forward, and the entire landscape in general as to how do we view not only women's rights, but other important societal issues such as LGBTQ rights, uh, interracial marriage, uh, and many other relevant ones that what's, what many people once thought were, um, were solidified now are very much under threat. Yeah. And well, to start out, thank you for passing the baton to me. And I will say, like, I appreciate you passing the baton to me, and I'll and I'll talk about it. But overall, like, uh, you should not be listening to my opinion. And I think that's the problem with this country: is men should not be involved in women's reproductive rights. We should not be making a decision. We should be listening to what majority of women want. We should listening to what women's concerns are, and we should be acting on their decisions versus making decisions on their behalf. What we're seeing. Uh, thanks to the Supreme Court justices and then also the state legislatures mm-hmm. across the country who yep. are going to pass anti, um, anti-abortion laws. laws. Yep. So with that said, uh, I do think this law is very disgusting. It, and it's very sad that we're living in a time where we, we like our parents, are going to have more rights than we have. Yeah, that's we're, very sad. We're going backwards. And this is kind of similar if you're, I'm a big history buff. If you look at Egypt and Iran in the 70s, there were more, much more free. Women were much more free in these in these areas. And then over the last 40, 50 years, as religious law took over and religious rule took over, a lot of their rights that they've had 40, 50 years ago was were rescinded. Mm-hmm. And I fear that while we may not be as extreme as those countries, we are heading towards extremism with, with going down to rights. So that's my fear. Now, talking about the response to this, I'm going to take a little bit of a different... Um, opinion from Yesenia because I was actually I've actually been shocked about the level of silence when it comes to brands I thought brands even brands that are you know women focused um, or women mm-hmm. targeted I thought I would see a lot more hoopla mm-hmm. from brands yeah, even from other I agree. even as being in the advertising industry yeah. even from other agencies about what's going on and, and their yeah. stance on the law but their silence is deafening they had an opinion about Ukraine we had an opinion about Black Lives yeah. Matter. Had an opinion about every single thing, even politics, even even the yeah. the insurrection. There was opinion about every single thing, but this issue is quiet. And I think it's their fear of of, of pissing off a subset of of, of a of, of women or just people who maybe are pro life or maybe believe in um, not maybe not believe in abortion. But the problem is when you have an opinion and you. And you say that in your messages, you want to stand up for what's right. This is an easy time to stand up for what's right. And your silence is showing. 
and there's not a single it, it, please email me correct me if i'm wrong but i've yet to see a single big uh fortune 500 company have a targeted response to this and do you know what's uh, you know what's the saddest thing of them all uh, Corey, with all of this is on top of the fact that these brands especially the women-led or women-driven brands that have not stepped up to the plate when it comes to talking about abortion we're also starting to see politicians also um also offering their stance on contraception and the potential possibility of them going of eliminating that as well and so um it's really it's really deafening to see you know just how um you know just how um silent these brands have been when it comes to talking about women's reproductive rights issues um again as a, you know as a as someone who um who is again my personal preference i am pro-choice uh, I do believe 100% that it is the woman and the woman's responsibility of her own whatever. She should have full autonomy over her body and she should decide along with her doctor or any kind of medic or, or her medical fac or facility to ultimately decide as to what she wants to do uh, when it comes to when it comes to her health and reproduction. So there is no reason whatsoever that a man should be making those decisions on behalf of a woman. Does a man know how you know a woman's reproductive system works? No. That's none of his business. And I cannot stand the fact that these men are trying to once again implement their will and control over women it's really astounding to me when and and, I, and again I find this so laughable all of these anti-abortion laws that are coming up across the country do you see women involved in those discussions do do they obtain feedback from not only you know their fellow female colleagues but also doctors uh women who have experience who have experience with abortion or any kind of uh, pregnancy difficulties do you see them uh you know seeking you know seeking advice or suggestions you know regarding these issues no and you know and that to me you know makes it all the more befuddling uh again as a woman this angers me again i know i've been repeating that word uh numerous times during this segment but everybody has their positions uh, regarding about abortion and this is such a very sensitive topic but how is it going to be moved forward from a communication standpoint? I think we are going to be seeing a lot of tiptoeing because, again, because the environment is so incredibly toxic, many, you know, many brands just don't want to anger their base, whether it's a small consumption or a large majority. But I also think this is also the prime opportunity for not only for brands, but for prominent female activists, individuals yes. who are well known in both the marketing and communication fields to step up to the plate and actually make their voices heard. Again, this, this entire environment where we deal with this cancel culture crap. Mm -hmm. and not being able to have a different opinion because again if you don't align with what the with what the the messaging comes from the you know from the majority aka the establishment you're going to get censored you're going to get silenced your reputation and or career gets destroyed i'm tired of that it is now time for people to raise their voice and be able to tell the truth tell it head on whether you like it or not because we cannot continue to sit complicit we cannot continue to see, you know, our rights and as well as other societal rights continue to go under the rug because we don't have the guts to stand up to whoever's in control and say, no, enough is enough. We and and, and, and this is going to be an interesting, you know, again, this is only the beginning.
because when we start putting as we focus more towards the end of the year towards the midterms now there's for politicians and for anybody who works in the public affairs or government sector there's no running anymore you will now have to give a clear defiant stance exactly. as to whether or as to whether or not you are you are in support of abortion or you are against it and that is uh, you know and that is scaring all of those individuals who work in that industry for many crisis communications and also um, public affairs um, agencies and or organizations um, they're now going to have they must now have no choice but they're going to have to create a clear defining path as to where they stand where are their mission and values and how the, and how are they going to uh, be part of the fight towards uh, reproductive rights or are they on the opposite end of the spectrum and so a lot of the you know there's going to be a lot of battle lines drawn uh, and there's going to be a lot of the there's going to be a lot of anger uh, coming with uh, within the next several months but this you know this is a topic that is certainly not going to go away again this is this is going to fundamentally alter mm -hmm. the perception of our country it is forever going to change the ways to how we view uh, women rights uh, and this could have, again, catastrophic consequences, not only uh, for women across this country. And it, again, it's incredibly, it, it's incredibly sad because there's so many other countries. Uh, last night I was actually watching, last week tonight with John Oliver, and one of his two major topics was about, the, was about abortion. And he talked about how other countries, other major developing countries, including countries like in Ireland, Colombia, Mexico, they have expanded abortion rights. Yep. They have expanded on women's reproductive uh, rights. And what in the world is the United States doing? It's, it's going behind. Mm -hmm. Why? Like, has, you know, has this country sincerely lost its mind? And please, apologies if this is the first time that I'm actually, like, rebelling here. But it, it, it really shows the stupidity and the ignorance of how people behave. And we let, and you know what, part of the blame goes to, you know, goes, uh, goes to us because we were not, because we did not have the balls to hold our politicians accountable. The Republicans obviously deserve the blame uh, because um, they're, they're lost. They're gone. I, I, I see no hope. And again, um, this is a, you know, we'll talk about them at another time before I get angry. But also the blame goes to the Democrats too, because they had an opportunity to codify Roe v. Wade within since that supreme court ruling in 1973 they had plenty of opportunities you know to codify and there's also a bill called i think it's called the women's uh reproductive act please correct me if i'm wrong that is currently sitting right now in congress with 48 senators approved and in support of that bill they could eliminate the filibuster right now and they could pass that you know that act that you know that solidifies abortion and also solidifies women's rights they could codify roe v wade if they wanted to but they're not doing it it's not be, it, it, and it's because they don't want to and what that shows me again as a communications professional and that's going to be you know a heartbreaking pill to swallow a heartbreaking pill to swallow is that they do not care about americans they do not care about women they do not care. I don't care if you're pro-choice or pro-life. You don't care about women's rights. You only care about control. Uh, and that is a heartbreaking part. Like, if I was working in communications, how can I represent an organization who is completely against, you know, as a woman, giving her the right to choose, or if she is pro-life or pro-birth, she'll be it. Uh, but as an American, you know, living in this country, I'm angry, flat out. I'm 
beyond angry, beyond furious at this point. And we just need more activists and more people even speaking to the point like like you just did and expressing that anger and expressing that that it's beyond just people on on the street how much the impact that this country is going to have so you know definitely thank you for thank you for for that because i feel like our listeners are 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 going to be impacted by by your words because you've said it so eloquently thank you Corey. and again this this issue is not over uh this is only beginning and we are definitely going to be keeping a very close eye on this because again it fundamentally changes the way, the perception of the country overall uh, and we're definitely going to continue talking about this as well as other important societal issues um within the within the future episodes so from one major uh jumbo segment we now move on to the other uh news before roe v wade uh made the head waves we're going to talk about twitter and uh, again the major news is that Eli- um tesla ceo eliana musk has bought Twitter for approximately $45 billion. Again, if I am not correct with the numbers, please correct. $45 billion. $45 billion. Thank you. Corey, $45 billion after a contentious shareholders meeting. Uh, Tesla, who, uh, Tesla CEO, Elon Musk, who has already stated the reasoning as to why he bought Twitter, which was to uh, better promote freedom of speech and in his eyes, perhaps maybe to stop the censorship uh, rings that have been occurring within Twitter. Because let's be honest, Twitter, as well as every other major big tech, have been censoring uh, individuals, especially those among both either if you're either the far red, far left or far right. Um, or progressive or ultra conservative, I should say. So I'll, I'll word it uh, much better. Uh, but we have been seeing censorship running, uh, you know, picking up steam, and it's it's definite uh, definite alarm for concern. Since again, the environment has been so incredibly toxic, and it's become tremendously narrative based. Misinformation, disinformation has been spreading spreading like wildfire. But Corey, uh, let's bring you into the loop. What are your thoughts about Musk buying Twitter, and what does the you know what does the future hold for the platform, and as well as uh, social media um, um, as a whole? So for me, my thoughts are. Uh they're very short when it comes to Elon Musk buying Twitter because I think a lot of the hoopla that was made where there's people, like everything, my biggest issue was every single issue has to go back to politics, right versus left. Every single issue. Mm -hmm. A billionaire purchasing, doing billionaire things became an issue. So something that the right celebrates because they, for some reason, they feel like Elon Musk is a champion of right-wing things when he actually, if you look at his past, he's actually not. He's actually um, just a narcissist who just, Mm -hmm. he flows wherever way he's getting attention. And the left thinks that that Elon Musk is the end of Twitter and it's going to go away. I'm looking at the facts. I was like, he's going to, he's bought something, doing billionaire thing. Like, at at a certain point, I do have an issue with with him being a billionaire and buying these things, but has nothing to do with his politics. I have the same issue with Jeff Bezos, also owning Washington Post, mm-hmm. and the widening I've, I'm seeing of billionaires actually taking control and ownership of certain things. But the, here's the facts: is he bought Twitter, and he either he'll make Twitter a great platform and people will continue to use, or he'll run Twitter to the ground and people will go on to the next social media co- company, and that's really it. I'm not going to sit here, as as you seen, you just said, and and I, and I really, it's great that we're doing this topic second, is because we just sat here and had a 
great debate about Roe v. Wade, things that actually matter in this country. Mm-hmm. Why should I care about a billionaire buying Twitter? Mm-hmm, absolutely. On such a platform that has nothing to do with his life. These yeah. are people who, are, who could die because of the Roe v. Wade situation. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and debate the Twitter situation. So that's my, that's my big opinion of it. It's, it may be a great thing or maybe a bad thing, but that's not important. And the, these issues in this, company, in this country is we like to focus on and put energy on things that don't matter. Yeah. But we should focus on things that do matter. Mm-hmm. I think uh, regarding this news, uh, this is not a surprise news because to me, this is like you said, this is another billionaire trying to buy a media company for his uh, for his preferences. I guess this is um, this is his way to try to shape shift the narrative into his favor, and perhaps he might be utilizing Twitter as his platform so he could uh, relay uh, a heavy message of his narrative to try to combat the amount of what he thinks is misinformation, disinformation. But in my opinion, the you know the cancel culture hoopla and the red you know the red versus blue let's be honest there is no blue here the real blue is on life support or dead red or magenta uh, it's yes red or magenta or light red versus red it's red <laughs> just, just just let's just get over let's just get over the facts it's red versus red i'm sorry conservatives and liberals you guys are the same uh the same variations of 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 the same coin sorry um but anyway I, I truly think from a communication standpoint, this is the same billionaire that completely eliminated his PR department, mm-hmm. um, Tesla, because he found them irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I will not be surprised if he decides to pull that similar move with Twitter because this man has no high regard over PR. He doesn't care about messaging. He doesn't care about communication strategy. He doesn't care about anything that revolves around the corporate communications umbrella. He wants, if there's one thing that Elon Musk wants to do, he wants to control the narrative. Mm-hmm. He wants to control the messaging and he wants to get his version of the news out whatever way possible through whatever medium means necessary and i you know and i simply believe that this is just another avenue for Elon Musk just like with every other billionaire you said yourself with Jeff Bezos and with basically the the rest of the the billionaire CEOs who control our six major media networks just how condensed it is the billionaires control the, uh, you know control Every single major mainstream outlet, whether it's print, digital, or social media, they control everything. So that means all of the news that you're seeing and hearing is coming from their perspective. And that's what they care about. It's about controlling the narrative. And you know when it comes to PR, how incredibly vital that is to control perceptions and narratives on people. That is their job. And if they use, and they, and if they use those platforms in the, in, in the negative way, it could bring devastating consequences and we're seeing that right now because there is such an overflow of misinformation disinformation a lot of propaganda that has been unleashed throughout the corporate mainstream media why do you think no no one in the general public trusts the mainstream media anymore exactly because they lie point blank and uh and again i will not be surprised if Elon musk utilizes twitter to his own advantage to squash his critics silence them and perhaps maybe open the door for People who either accept his ideology or his narrative and roam free to do whatever they see which. And that is very bad news uh, for the communications industry because at a time right now where PR folks and perhaps maybe marketing of, um, at folks could also be dealing with this as well. At a time where credibility has taken such a big hit, where, no, where the general public just simply is not trusting anybody that's coming out from, from marketing or PR or the mainstream media. 
This is not what is needed. Ethics has been, you know, has been completely been obliterated. The truth no longer matters. Um, and of course, the anything negative spreads and sells six times as much as positive news. It's all about ratings and profits at the end of the day. But it also goes back to, and this is why I'm like, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to even entertain the debate. At the end of the day, he, he is a narcissist. He's no different than Kanye West. Mm -hmm. He really just wants to control the narrative That's and just does. wants to yeah. say whatever. So do I actually feel like Elon Musk will take over this company and make waves? No, because he has a potential. He wants, at the end of the day, he wants to make money. Mm -hmm. And he has a potential of alienating people. So I feel like Twitter is going to change very little. Yeah. And, or the flip side, which I'm never a fan of. People are saying, well, complaining, oh, it's a bad thing and I'm going to leave the platform. Don't complain. When I don't like something, I just leave. Yeah. I don't need to announce my decisions. I just leave. Yeah. So if enough people do that, then create another platform. Yep. That's all you have to do. If you don't like it, leave and create your own. Mm -hmm. You said it. You you put well said, my friend. And so with that, that officially wraps up our jumbo size entree segment. And you might have no you might have noticed that we might have injected a tiny bit of dessert, uh, who, uh, which um, which is really cool because again, I think these two segments have the, uh, both bring their own elements in their own light. Uh, and so it's great that we, you know, that we talked about these two major uh, topics that really have uh, have really made him waves over the last several weeks um, here uh, on both the marketing and PR realms. And so with that, that officially brings us to the end of our season finale, volume 24, a.k.a. episode 12 of Marketer Pitch. Corey, do you have any last words or maybe a quick little memory or two to uh, to wrap up our season? No, I think I just want to thank you again for being an awesome recording partner. Thank you again for uh, taking this journey with me. Uh, I like our talks. I hope the listeners enjoy our chats. Um, there's been some interesting, great topics. Uh, everyone knows this world is insane. This world is crazy, and be able to just you know discuss it in a space that's very comfortable, inviting. And it's, safe, it's a safe space. I appreciate it. And I think all of you guys for continuing to listening to us, to continue to support us from around the world. And look for more to come in the animation series. We're going to have some fun. Uh, thank you, my friend. You have been an amazing uh, podcast partner and friend. Thank you so much as well for taking this journey with me. We already have uh, tabulated 24 volumes total combining season one and season two. And for those who might be asking, well, they talked about the intermission series, but what about the next season, season three? Well, tune into the intermission series to find out what's going to happen with season three of Marketer Pitch. We like to throw in our surprises here and there. So uh, tune in uh, to uh, the intermission series, Marketer Pitch Freestyle, which we'll be making its year two debut in late June exclusively on Spotify and YouTube. And once again, if you haven't done so, please hit those subscribe buttons and leave a five-star review. We definitely want to hear your feedback. If you like this episode and have any comments or questions or want to comment about our entire season and what kind of topics do you want to talk for us to talk about, uh, email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at uh, marketerpitch on Twitter and Instagram. And finally... To access this episode, all 11 episodes of season 2, 24 volumes, uh, 12 episodes of season 1, 
That'll be 24 volumes total, plus the first three episodes of year one of Marketer Pitch Freestyle. It is available for you across all major podcasting mediums, YouTube, uh, and uh, Thursday mornings on the Helium Network. Uh, so, uh, Corey, this officially wraps up uh, season two. Uh, and um, thank you again to our Marketer Pitch family. We absolutely adore you. Thank you again to all of our fan followers from both the U.S. and international. We will see you in late June for Marketer Pitch Freestyle, the, um, the intermission series, Unfiltered, Unlimited, Uncensored. Take care, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.